Hi, welcome to Quid Pros Quo. I'm Zach. And I'm Rin. And today we are starting a series that we probably should have started long ago. We are starting to talk about the fundamentals of writing. Yeah, I'm so excited to start this series because, you know, you... I feel like once you get into writing, like, you just know the basics and you don't think about them enough. But then, like, if you go back to basics, then you become a better writer. So yes. if you have ideas for stories, poems, or essays, whether long form or short form, but you've never written anything, this episode and this series is for you. Yeah. I think the first thing to think about when we're talking about getting started writing is to talk about the question of time. Because... Uh, some people are going to be approaching writing from the perspective of, oh my goodness, I need to dedicate so much time to this, or I need to build a habit out of this, or, you know, fill in the blank. Um, so, Ren, talk to us a little bit about making time for writing and what that sort of what that sort of looks like when you're just starting out. I always think of it as if it's something that you want to do, you will find the time to do it, and that mm-hmm. could be in just, like, small moments, like... And also, writing doesn't mean writing for an hour every day or, like, Mm. writing a thousand words a day. It can be just one sentence. It can be a paragraph. It could be for, like, five minutes. Personally, I like to do a time-based goal instead of a word count-based goal because sometimes the word counts are just hard to reach in a day. But if I sit down and think about writing for ten minutes, then that's, like, I'm golden in my book. Yeah. And I think that gets to kind of the point of everybody's writing process is going to look a little bit different as far as what they're shooting for and how often they write sort of thing. Some people are going to be writing every day, whether that's a little or a lot. Some people are going to be writing once a week. Some people are going to be writing once a month. Like, it's variable, right? And all of them are valid. Like, it's all it's all good. Yes, and, like, so many, like, big-name authors will say you have to write every single day. But I've seen at least one author, now I can't remember who it was, but she said, you know what, writing every day is simply not realistic. Mm. Especially if you're not writing full-time, like, if it's not your, like, yes. day job. Yes, Like, if you are working, like, regular 9 to 5 or even, like, longer than that, as a lot of people do, mm-hmm. like, writing every day just may not be sustainable. Like, you have to take care of yourself and you have to make sure all your basic needs are being met before you have the energy to be creative. Yes. Love that reference to Maslow. Hierarchy yes, of exactly needs. exactly what I was thinking of. Um, if you're looking for, like, little pockets of time inside of your day to find time to write, I would recommend looking at your commute. Don't write while you're driving, obviously. But if you're like me and you spend, like, three hours on public transportation every day, there's some time there that you can use for you can use for, um, for writing. Um, if you are a morning person, you can write in the morning. If you're an evening person, you can write in the evening. If you have a break for lunch, you can write a little bit then. Um, you're just trying to find time that works for you so that you can actually sit down and write something. Absolutely. Uh, I think this brings us to our next point. When you're starting to write, you need to, like, not self-edit. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Want to avoid that. Because if you sit down and you try and write a sentence and then you immediately, like, hate the sentence and you delete it, then you just undone all the work you did for that sentence, right? Yes, and that's, like, the prime, like, prime example of self-editing is that you second-guess what you're writing, and because you second-guess it, you delete it, or you rework it, or that's yeah. or that kind of thing. 
And when you're just starting out, you don't want to do that. And even if you're not, you don't want to do that because it will totally kill your momentum. Yeah, totally, totally kill, your, kill your creative flow. Like, like the enemy of your writing is definitely editing. Like, edit when you are finished writing, not mm-hmm. while you are writing. Um, this is to say that someday you may be able to the point where you can edit while you write. Like, James Joyce, I think it is. Like, he writes one word and then the next word, and then he's like, do those words sound good together? No. Delete them and start over. And he's, like, insane. He writes, like, perfect first drafts with us because he edits as he go. But then, like, that takes forever, and we can't all be James Joyce. Yeah, and I don't think all of us want to be James Joyce. (laughs) (laughs) This much is true. I do not want to be James Joyce. Um... But now that you've, like, started writing, you're not self-editing, you have, what you have to do is you have to celebrate small wins. And, like, if you have never written a sentence just for, like, your own joy, like, because mm-hmm. we all written essays for school. Like, we all went, a lot of us went to high school. <laughs> I, I want to be inclusive. <laughs> <laughs> I have, my, like, roommate dropped out of high school, so, like, I'd be, like, <laughs> we have to be inclusive. Um, but she's in college now, so good for her. Um, but, like, you have to celebrate these small wins. Like, when you finish a sentence, a paragraph, a chapter of your novel, like, you should celebrate that. Yeah, and those celebrations are going to look different for everybody. You might do, like, the reverse of what some college students do where they'll, like, put an M&M or a Skittle on every paragraph and, like, eat a eat a par- uh, eat a Skittle? Skittle, thank you. With a little candy with each paragraph. But you could invert that and say for every paragraph that you write, eat a Skittle kind of thing, mm-hmm. if that's your jam. Or it might be, hey, I finished the first draft of a short story, so I'm going to, you know, take the evening to, uh, you know, have a bubble bath. Or, you know, whatever, whatever floats your boat. Whatever feels like a celebration to you is what you should do to celebrate those wins. Nice. Um... In addition to, like, celebrating small wins and, like, you know, actually getting started writing, I feel like writing buddies or, like, an accountability partner can be, like, super helpful, especially in the early days. And this should be, like, a trusted friend Mm -hmm. who you, like, who's not going to be mean to you about whether you're writing or not, but is going to push you to be better. So, like, like I said, just, like, someone you text every day and tell them what you've been working on or they text you and say, hey, what have you been working on? Mm-hmm. But also, if you are, like, super shy about your writing journey and you don't want to share your writing, first of all, you don't have to share what you wrote. You can just say, oh, I wrote for this long or I did this many words. Mm-hmm. But you can also do this in a spreadsheet or, a, like, a writing journal. And when I prepped these show notes, I just started a writing journal. Yes. Um, I was really consistent with it for, like, a week. And then I stopped using it for three weeks, and now I'm trying to use it again. Relatable. That is <laughs> like, so it's relatable. Hard. Yes, it um, is. But I can't remember who it was. Someone in my capstone class. Oh, it's Matt Bell. Matt Bell like has a spreadsheet, and every day he doesn't write anything. He has he tells himself he has to put a zero in there. Yes. And a zero is motivating to him. Mm. I think that might just make me feel bad. Well, that but floats his boat. It floats his boat. Not it floats this his is just boat. showing like differences in the writing process again. Yes. Another way that you can incorporate a, a writing partner and an accountability buddy is writing, like setting aside time to sit down in the same room or at, you know, in the same place as somebody mm-hmm. and writing for the same amount of time. So this is something that me and my wife has started doing recently is that we'll sit next to each other on the couch for 30 minutes. I'll work on writing. She'll work on writing. 
Uh, and at the end of the 30 minutes, we'll just say, this is what I was writing. This is what I'm working on. That kind of thing. And that has worked really well for, that has worked really well for us. I just want to say that's so cute. Literal couple goals. Yeah. <laughs> it, it makes me really happy. Cute. Um, then I think we have one more main point in this episode before we get to some advice that we wish we had known when we were starting out. Yes. And But before we get to that advice, we want to talk about, like, how you're writing, like, whether you're using paper or digital. And you can do either, and it doesn't really matter. Nope. doesn't matter at all. I wrote my first novel entirely by hand, and it didn't float my boat. I was like, wow, this is taking a really long time. But one of the things that I love about writing on paper is that you have margins and you can write in the margins and I that was my jam was writing in the margins and being like oh this is something that's completely you know not something that's going to go into this but I can expand on it later or I can write a companion story like I jammed out to the margins I no longer write by hand but I love me some margins I do access the margin comments on digital. I just use a comment function on Scrivener. Yes. But speaking of Scrivener, you do not need to invest in writing software. No. Like, so many, like, I wrote, like, two or three novels just using Google Drive. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brandon Sanderson writes all his, in, like, Microsoft Word, like, yep. just the doc format. And, like... There are lots of free software. There's yeah. lots of free software out there that you can use, like Obsidian or Evernote or whatever whatever floats your boat. Yes, exactly. The theme of this episode is whatever floats your boat, you should do it because you don't want to sink. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, but, yeah, you don't need – and also, if you are not going the software route, you don't need a nice notebook mm-hmm. to start it. I have found some of my most freeing, like – handwritten writing type things have been in like cheap like you know 70 page count spiral bound notebooks yes um because if it's cheap then it's okay if it's bad Mm. (laughs) (laughs) like i'm not because i i am one of those people who has like a million notebooks and they're so nice like i regularly go out not regularly but more often than i should (laughs) i buy like the nice Archer and Olive notebooks I use for my bullet journal, and they're like 30 bucks a pop or something. Uh-huh. Like, they're expensive. And I'm like, I can't write in here because it's just too nice, and I will ruin the nice notebook. But notebooks are meant to be written in. Yes. So whether it's nice or whether it's cheap, just write in the notebook. You're not ruining it. You are improving it because something there is better than nothing there. Yes, that's very true. So, Rin, as we close out the episode, what is one piece of advice that you wish you had known when you were starting out on your, on your writing journey? Uh, this is something that I wish I knew when I was starting out and that I still have to remind myself of. It's not about publishing or being read. It is about creating art. Um, and it doesn't have to be perfect. And as Steinbeck said, now that you don't have to be perfect, you can be good. Just you have to know it's a process. Yeah. You know, it's interesting because when I think about what I wish that I knew at the very beginning, it's very much a similar similar mm-hmm. thing, is that not everything has to be publishable and not everything has to fit inside of a larger like larger narrative kind of thing and there are some projects that you just write to hone your craft and it that's completely fine like my first novel i wrote it completely by hand um when all was said and done it was the size of a large harry potter book but it was completely unsalvageable like there was nothing i could do to to fix it kind of thing same thing with my first novel. Your first novel is not supposed to be good. No, it's it's when you're driving around with the training wheels on your on your bike and mm-hmm. you're figuring out, okay, how how do I make this work kind of thing. 
Um, but I had so much fun. I had so much fun doing it. And that was what was important, was having the fun of writing and also having the experience of crafting a narrative and editing and uh, having the experience of sharing it with people and getting the getting the feedback, even though it was it's never going to see the light of day for general public. I shouldn't say never. It will probably never. It may come back in another form. Yes. Um, it, but... It's completely fine to cannibalize those projects for other things. Yes, exactly. It makes my motto recently has been no writing is ever wasted. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what both of our words of advice are getting at. Like, no writing is ever wasted because it makes you a better writer. Yeah. We will be continuing this series next episode in our Pantsing versus Planning episode. Thanks for tuning in. This has been Quid Pros Quo. Quid Pros Quo is hosted by DC Winters and CK Jensen. If you like this episode, be sure to leave us a rating. And if you'd like to contact us, you can email us at quidprosquo at gmail.com. For more episodes, check us out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever else you get your podcasts.